If you're able to name something, you can examine it in greater detail. These words were incredibly powerful for me as I read The Drummer in the Great Mountain. And here on the podcast for The Drummer in the Great Mountain, in today's episode session, if you will, we're going to be covering um, a little bit on chapters three and four for those of you that have the book with you. And specifically today, we want to talk a little bit about am I a hunter type? We've kind of led up to this in the first two weeks, in the first two sessions, if you will. And in talking about Michael, the author of the book, and his experiences in getting to this point. But here in this chapter is where you're going to find yourself actually taking a quiz, which Michael came up with, which helps you kind of evaluate where you might be on what we're trying to go towards as a goal of of calling ourselves hunter types rather than a medical diagnosed term, although you will hear us kind of flip back and forth. And I thought that was a very powerful start to a very powerful chapter, that if you're actually able to name something, you can examine it in greater detail. And before I bring Michael on in today's session, a great quote right there on the first chapter, one of my favorite uh, authors of all time, it's amazing, Paolo Coelho and his ability to touch everybody around the world. If you have ever read The Alchemist or if you've ever read any of his writings and then researched how many times his books have been translated around the world. So to say Paolo Coelho is successful would be an understatement. And read, if you will, along with me, right here in chapter three, a quote Michael put in the book. I can guarantee you I would be immediately diagnosed as a severe case because being a child, and even as an adult, I pay attention to everything and nothing. And if this doesn't describe hunter type, if it doesn't ring a bell with you, I don't know any other better way to describe it. And with that, I'm going to bring in Michael for our session today. Michael, how are you? Doing wonderful. Thank you. And thank you for joining us once again. Here we get really into, I, I think the listeners would love to hear today, how did you know? Tell us about your experience. We're, we're all one. We're all the same here. So tell, and, and you've hinted to this in the first two, but I think this is a chance for you to kind of tell us, how did you eventually, maybe it was the hunter type uh, methodology or uh, calling it that, how did you first know you had something going on? Tell us a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, well, I think when I was in my early 20s, um, I mean, clearly going back, it's like, this is my wiring. I've had it my whole life. Um, growing up, I definitely felt like I was in a fog. I think it's the only way to describe it. Because when I came out of it, I was like, wow, I was just kind of just barely, I felt like I was had very low batteries most of my childhood into adulthood. Um, so, I mean, looking back, there was definitely challenges with consistency. I had, a, I, had I would have spurts of like really intense creative uh, energy and focus. So I was able to, to like early on, I got into music and then into the creative arts. Um, but I also was really into computers. And so I picked it up very quickly. This is very early personal computers. I had a Timex Sinclair 1000, if anyone ever remembers those. <laughs> They're a little black, teeny chiclet keyboard. You had to program anything. It was black and white, no sound. Um, and I really dove into it and, uh, and learned and, and just basically just spent hours and hours and hours and hours learning programming. And, and I was probably like eight, eight or nine, uh, and then got into playing guitar and just really got intensely into that. 
um, often to the detriment of, of school and anything else that was going on. Mm-hmm. And so I recognized there was this part of me, and I know many people who are listening to podcasts have the same thing, where it's like, wow, there, there, there's this energy that, that when I'm in it, I feel like I can do just about anything. But on the other side of that, my challenges with school, I mean, I, I barely skated by. I went to 12 years Catholic school, and that that of itself was was definitely challenging. I'm grateful on the other end of it because I feel like I had a, I got a good education, but it was extremely challenging. I had a straight probably two five to three so most through through school. I think better into high school. But um, dodged the riddle and bullet. It wasn't really around much. Didn't have the hyperactivity part of it. So there's the ADD and ADHD. Uh, but as I got older and I was fortunate enough to get into um, a creative business early on doing 3D animation in the early stages of 3D animation. Um, I kind of lucked into it. I talk about it more in the book. Uh, I started to see where my ability to be consistent and um, hit deadlines and, and just discipline myself was very challenging. And then also I had had relationship challenges and, and I would get, you know, I'd have angry outbursts and even rage at times. And so it was actually a girlfriend of mine that actually read an article and thought, you know, this person is, he's got a lot of these things. And I start looking into it and went, Oh wow, this is interesting. It's really, this, these are some challenges that I have. And that got me into then studying, um, you know, what it was about. And I, luckily early on, I found, um, Tom Hartman's writings and who's the one that came up with the hunter farmer theory. And, um, but it took me a long time to kind of work out, a lot of these pieces and I was, I stumbled upon a lot of things, but then it, it only was till I'd say maybe the last 10 years that I've kind of got a handle on it. But even then, as we were just discussing before we, we went on air here that, um, you know, I, this, this is just a part of my life. This is not like I worked out all this stuff and so I don't have these challenges anymore. It's nothing like that. I have these same challenges that everyone else has that has this wiring consistency, focus, um, hyper focus, um, all the things that we we are challenged by, and at the same time, I know now I have a map. I know what I need to do. I know how to manage it, and that makes all the difference. And that was the inspiration for writing the book. Was it just I didn't feel there was a comprehensive personal growth book for people like us that didn't label us with the the label of disorder which i just don't feel is is helpful i think it's helpful to so as you mentioned i think it's helpful to name it i think that was the big thing that add adhd as a label gave us and i think a lot of us are very relieved when like oh that's us but then on the other side of it calling our calling it a disorder if i would only use the term disorder in terms of the challenges and not in the whole spectrum of who we are, because it just doesn't give you a broad enough map to work from. So today we're going to talk about uh, what is a hunter type, which is the, the, the term that I like based on what we talked about last time, the hunter-farmer theory. When you call yourself a hunter type, then it kind of goes into your whole, all the benefits, all the strengths that you have, and all the challenges that you have. And I think it's far more uh, it, it's it's an accurate model, I think, in terms of a psychological model, and I think it's very helpful. And from the feedback I get from coaching clients and other people I've talked to, as soon as they lock into it, they're like, this really helps. I have to tell you two quick thoughts. 
on what you just said. One is something you had shared with me, I think it was last week before we started hitting uh, recording the podcast, which was, I mean, this is the irony and the beautiful irony. And we can, if we can't laugh at ourselves, I don't know how we make it through any journey in life. You, what did you say? It, it's amazing for a hunter type. And this is, again, to come across from people to know that Michael still d- deals with this. It's just like, as he said, he has a map now. You said there you couldn't have imagined more challenging task than for a hunter type to write a book and be the author of a book, right? Because what other uh, project do you need focus and concentration on? And here yeah. you are, and you wrote a book. So... I thought that was an interesting point you made last week off the air. Yeah, you know, I put that in the in the the beginning of the book. I just thought, well, the re, the the fact that this thing exists, if you're holding it in your hand, or if you have an ebook of it, it, you know, it's a testament to the fact that I believe this stuff. Because I, if I would not have been able to do this had I not followed the advice in the book, because for me personally, and some there's other writers, and especially fiction writers, that I think can get into that groove and and especially in shorter bursts. But for a long term, this took me four years, um, and it had a lot of you know sitting down and a lot. Of, it's very tedious, uh, and you don't you get the initial burst of inspiration, but a lot of it is just showing up over and over and over. So it's not the most uh, hunter type friendly task to write a book, <laughs> and so I I had to follow every single piece of advice in the book in order to and I had to really refine it too over time because as I was working on the book I refined um and working with coaching clients I refined the material going back just seeing like well, does, is this actually working is this really helping is this helping me with what I'm doing right now sure. and um yeah that's that's I believe that's one piece that it's it's just sort of a given that's this book wouldn't exist had I not followed the advice in it so for those that may be getting into the book just now, um, a critical point is the chapter we're covering today. Am I a hunter type? Again, getting to, is this me? Tell us about the quiz, the goals of it, um, and how people should navigate through once they've taken the quiz, uh, the strengths and challenges chart. Got it. Yeah. So the quiz, uh, is first off, it's not a medical assessment of ADD, ADHD, uh, it is based on some of the quizzes that I've looked at. I've seen, you know, some of the assessment quizzes. And primarily, I mean, the first point is that ADD, ADHD is assessed through a question and answer assessing patterns. It's not, there's no uh, blood test or anything like that they can do. There's brain scans and people that are starting to do that work. Dr. Amen, um, who's written a couple of really good books on ADD, he, they are actually doing some CAT scans and studying the different neurological types. But I'm kind of coming at this from a broader perspective. Um, so the quiz gives you an idea of just are these your challenges? Is this, is this after you know, answering these different questions about um, the patterns that arise in your life? It's like, is this material going to be helpful or is it not? And so that's going to be the, the framework. And that's why, so the term hunter type then just is a way of giving you a broad perspective of, yeah, this is who I am. These are the challenges that I have. And then what the quiz does is it tells you whether or not the information in the book is going to be helpful to you. And then if you go to the website and you take the interactive quiz, that it actually will give you back your specific areas that you may want to look at 
that are referenced in the book from time management? Are you having time management issues? Are you having challenges with that maybe uh, be caught, being caused by diet? Um, how does your exercise routine, how, how would that potentially affect you? It's, so th- this is the broader spectrum of how the quiz works. So there, there's, there's a rough uh, analogy to some of the uh, assessment quizzes that are out there, but I went deeper into it so that you could actually assess not just yes I am or no I'm not, but like where where do you want to focus? Where can you actually make some um, headway? So that's the perspective of the quiz. And so once you take the quiz, um, there's also in the book there's a strengths and challenges chart. So I think that's probably a good place to go next because I think these um, in looking at the strengths and challenges, you'll be able to just as we go through them know well like yeah that's definitely me or yeah that's kind of me or not at all. I mean this is just this is not for me at all. And it just kind of gives you an idea of where you stand. Also and as important is this someone that one of my one of the people that I know is this my partner? Is this my son or daughter? Um, that's also really helpful. So we've been mentioning it. Let's get into it. For me, in my book, it's it's pages fifty and fifty one through fifty three. Actually, uh, take us through a little bit of strengths and challenges, and just kind of how to how to look at this and navigate through this. Yeah. So what I did was I, I went through and through both uh, the coaching work from my own life and then also looking at all the information that's out there on ADD, ADHD. Like what are the common traits that exemplify us and what are the strengths? What are the things that we're really good at? And what are the things that, that, that what are the things that really challenge us? And so uh, if you go to, to the charts in the book, you'll see that um, – I have like a main heading and subheading. So I'm just going to go through the main headings for both the strengths and the challenges and and maybe talk a little bit about them as I'm going through. Uh, So from the strengths chart, um, almost across the board, creative is very high on the list Mm -hmm. uh, of strengths for someone, people like us. Um, And that creativity may, I just want to make a note on that. Sometimes if you don't identify yourself as being creative, but you have a lot of the ADD, ADHD challenges, I would offer that you it's there. It's in there and it's maybe because of your diet and exercise routine and um maintenance that you haven't been able to fully tap it. And and I would say creative even as if you're a, a athlete or someone who's really into physical exercise and mastering something within that realm, creativity is has to be part of that whole mechanism. It's just, it's part of what it's, it's a, it's built into the brain itself. And so the distractibility can be transformed into uh, something that actually contributes to your creativity. And we can go, we'll go more into that later on. So creative, adaptive, and resourceful, uh, imaginative, non-linear thinkers. That's a key piece. And if you look throughout history, so many people that have cut new ground, broke new ground in in many different arenas, um, had all the classic ADD, ADHD symptoms. So that's and it's. I encourage you to look that up. There's lists online of famous people with ADD, ADHD. Look at their lives. 
you'll see how much the imaginative non-linear thinkers, that's going to be a piece. Uh, adventurous, that's that draw towards stimulation. Uh, initiators, people that I, I read a, a statistic recently that said that um, someone with ADD, ADHD is 300% more likely to start their own business. Um, so lots of entrepreneurs that are ADD, ADHD, hunter types. Uh, passionate, that's self-explanatory inspirational again at our top when we're at our top form that is a common trait that i see in a lot of hunter types especially people that have really kind of dialed it in a bit they've got that charismatic juice not everyone who's a hunter type has got the the strong charisma but it, it is definitely when you look at this like the the statistics when i look at different people that are hunter types it's a pretty high on the list that at least in certain points they're gonna there's an inspirational component to them i do have to before we go on i f find this interesting that you mentioned this something resonated huge with me that i have to share with everybody which is this mention you just made when you were on the inspirational point you did a parenthetical statement there when it's dialed in or when you're dialed in. And I think that's huge for people go, like us going through this, discovering this, consistently working on it. Michael said at the beginning of today's podcast, this is not something you quote unquote cure. He says it in the book. This is something you deal with and there's ways to deal with being a hunter type. And I find that absolutely powerful that when you're dialing in and that inspirational part there's the ego is left at the door always with me. You know how I roll, as they say in me trying to be hip, which is <laughs> that I do find when I've dialed it in, diet, exercise, everything that a hunter needs to do, this is a strength of mine. But uh, And the reason I'm making this point, again, not to be to use the ego here, is the flip side that I want to point out in case anyone else resonates. I've noticed... I am the opposite of inspirational. I can be so, I can bring a room down. <laughs> I can bring my household down to the ground when when I'm not attending to being a hunter type. So I found that I just I had to share that because I find it amazing that you said when it's when you've got things dialed in. So and I think you said that is that especially when you get on a roll and you're maintaining um, on this journey of being a hunter type that if, and you said not everyone is inspirational, but for me, that's a cue point is I guess what I'm trying to share in all this blabbering is that's my cue point. I know mm. I'm managing things well when I light a room up and I know I'm yeah. not when I bring it down. So I just had to interject there. Excellent. Excellent. And see, that's, I think the, the, the context for a lot of these, uh, especially with the strengths is the, this is the, the true North. It's like, this mm -hmm. is the direction you move. You never, yes. you, you, when you, when you have a direction like North, you don't reach, you, everyone's not trying to get to the North pole. They're just setting a direction. They're mm -hmm. like, I want to move in this direction versus going away from that. So these are, um, Strength, and but I will say that like some people can work, uh, have unconsciously through diet and exercise <clears throat> maintained themselves in a way where they don't identify with the symptoms as much because they just worked out their um, their program and that's what we're talking about. So inspirational definitely being one of these pieces. Another piece is uh, and very important is autodidactic, which means self learner. Uh, this is a piece that this is why I think kids who are hunter types, if they can get into like a Montessori school or an interactive learning, hands on learning uh, environment, they will thrive. And I know for me personally, uh, and again, it takes a little self-discipline, but uh, 
I'm very autodidactic. I almost have to learn on my own. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't do well usually in structured learning situations. I do much better and but have had to learn and discipline and and find ways. And again, I talk about this a lot in the book of how to learn. Like, how do you learn something and maintain, ensure that you keep it and you're moving forward? Because if you're like us, then if you're going to have to carve your own way that may not be part of the mainstream, then you have to learn certain specific skills, skills to keep it going. And it's the skills that I had to learn in running a company and writing the book and all the other things that I, I've, I've accomplished. I had to learn these skills. And so, okay. And another one on the list is uh, socially adaptive. And again, this is where like when we're on and we're feeling good, I think this is something that I've noticed with many hunter types is that we can be, um, we can interact with many different types of people. Um, we there's a lot of sales people that are, are hunter types. It's a good if you have that wiring, especially if you're. And not all hunter types are outgoing. I wouldn't say that I'm personally. I'm fairly introverted, but um, there's many hunter types that I know that are very outgoing. And so being socially adaptive is is a common trait. Again, it's not everyone. Because I know many introverts like myself that are very socially awkward at times, uh, and often it's both. Uh, but I will say that that uh, good conversationalist people that that's that's a common trait amongst many hunter types. But again, may not fit you, but that's fine. Uh, empathic. I noticed that this is just uh, these are threads that have come up in I've in ADD groups and people that have uh, shared um, ADD experience families working with it empathic seems to be a trait that a lot of us have we're we're, we're compatible we feel deeply uh we tend to make good mentors um and there is a sensitivity to others on the flip side of that i know a lot of people have talked about the challenges of people with add not having social skills not being able to tune into someone else's needs um in, in feeling other people so again the, this is a soft one uh, but I think empathic is something that overall I've seen in, in almost all the people that I've worked with in, 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 a, in hypersensitivity. It kind of goes into that realm as well. Intuitive uh, and capable of following our gut intuition um, and often feeling ourselves connected to something bigger. This is something very common with a lot of – and again, sometimes it's when we're really on, we feel it. But I, I'd say – uh, many of us are pretty intuitive and also you at the end of the day use our gut sense over our what we think we should be doing and often what we think we should be doing becomes oppressive um, and we often do well when we're kind of coming from our gut and making decisions from which that is, which is no accident right whenever i hear that being a strength of a hunter when things are dialed i mean that's what made a good hunter a hunter exactly right? i mean it's all exactly. related if they didn't they wouldn't know when to go out for the prey, how to get the prey, when is a good time to strike. I mean, these are mm -hmm. literally strengths. Absolutely. And if you read any book on entrepreneuring and, uh, uh, and people that are really good that are, I mean, across the board, so many hundred types that are entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. this thread is really common. And so many um, 
of the business books that I've read from successful business people have talked about they I remember one of them was saying he, he swallowed the deal he felt like he said yeah. if it was going to make a deal he, he was like he swallowed it and he <laughs> let, let it churn in his stomach and he'd feel it in his gut and if it felt good he'd go he'd go with it and, 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 and it clearly had paid off and I really wish I could attribute who, who that was I believe it was the founder of Sony that said that but I, I feel like that intuitive gut level way of moving through the world and sometimes in learning to trust it and I think that's the other piece is we kind of we as hunter types tend to have a lot of shame and we don't trust our intuition and we go against it or we're impulsive and we think we associate the impulsivity with something negative and we then attribute that to not being able to trust ourselves and I think there's a way to to parse those two out and be able to feel a gut level intuition and follow it while at the same time managing that impulsiveness. I do have to say I'll let you go on but you brought up such good points you mentioned a couple times and you mentioned it last week too on the point of uh, hunter types and the relation to entrepreneurs again trying to give uh our fellow peers in the hunter community, uh, the perspective. And to close that loop, you'll probably see the relation here when we get to challenges, especially the first one, focus, which is the entrepreneurs, why a lot of them tend to be hunters is they go out, they get the kill, they swallow the deal, as you said. Um, mm-hmm. But they let some someone else has to cook it. They 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 go they get <laughs> so as you you said in the past with entrepreneurs, that's why they go and the successful ones they are actually they are actually using the hunter being a hunter type to their advantage in other words i'm yes. going to fit my strength literally of going and getting the deal now i've got the deal i've got the company up and running someone else go manage it i'm going on to the next company and yeah. that's why they're successful because they don't try to st- and i think you mentioned this before to me the unsuccessful ones don't adhere to the success of being a hunter because then they try to run the company, which is not yeah. something that is the strength of a hunter, and then yeah. they are unsuccessful. Yeah. It, again, it depends on the company and it depends on, on, on the context of it. But I think overall, I think there is – I think your point is well made. When you don't – when you try to push yourself into a role that's not made for you instead of finding support from someone uh, who may have – those skills more strong in them, then it's a recipe for self judgment and doubt. And, and it it just doesn't work out well. Excellent. Uh, the last, uh, of, of the main headings is comfortable with big challenges. Um, and again, this is when you're really on, and I've seen this with lots of, of, of hunter types is that oftentimes when we're confronted with the big challenge, uh, or some some kind of big task, some part of us wakes up and we go, mm, I can do this. I can I can pull myself through this, and uh, we often seek it. We often fought, like look for that big thing, that that task that we that that giant that we want to slay, and we go. There's something in us that goes, I want that versus mundane, mm-hmm. and it's that. And then there's the obviously the follow through and finding ways to. To, and I would say for myself, finishing this book was a huge undertaking. It ended up being, you know, 435, 440 pages, uh, four years of my life. I thought it would last, I thought I could get it done maybe a year. So that was my, like, but there was some part of me was like, 
gotta get this. this is such an important and so you know i could have stopped then or could i put a you know just cut it down but there was something in me that went no this is important this is the big task i need and some part of me thrives on that mm-hmm. and i know many of the people listening that and maybe you, you haven't found that thing yet where you've been able to fully rise to that and find it but when you tap into your passions when you tap into that thing inside you that goes i have to do this then this ability wakes up and i think if if given all of the support and nurturance that you need to bring it to fruition it's that's that's where the juice is going to be challenges in the challenges chart uh these are ones that are very common so i would say this is where the classic add adhd um medical diagnosis comes from it's it's the challenges this is the this is the dis, quote unquote disorder part of it but again i prefer to call it challenges because on the flip side of all of the strengths that i just mentioned are the challenges and so it's how do you work with each one of these so um number one is focus and a, a struggle for consistency staying on task and we've already talked about the hunter piece and why that might be part of our makeup uh disorganization also very common add adhd symptom often talked about um doesn't necessarily mean that it's part of your life i've met especially recently i've met a couple people that were scored very high on the add quiz and we're like, no, I'm pretty organized in certain areas, but in other areas not. So it's not necessarily uh, a challenge, but it's, it is, again, these are common traits. So they don't, if they don't apply to you, it's like look at the overall list and see if they apply to you. I have to say on that point, again, just to share some commonality, I, I would relate to that because it's funny when you said that, my joke was going to be if you asked my wife, she would put that as a strength of mine is to be disorganized. Uh, but uh, yeah. But that's because she sees the side of it that she sees, which may be not the most organized person in the world when it comes to hanging up clothes and having them be put away nicely and neatly like she likes it. Mm. But if you were to see that same person, me in this case, at at an office job, at a desk job, uh, you would almost think I'm OCD with how I like my books and the mouse has to be there and my pen has to, like my pen's not in a certain place, then it's not usable. Like it's almost the opposite of it. So there's definitely Mm. some some paradigm shifts between what, what some of these strengths and challenges are and like you said not all of them cover everybody you're just talking about common traits yes and it's important because i think in the material in the a lot of the books that i read about ADD, adhd it's often just kind of like oh everyone's like this but it's not it's not true Mm -hmm. and it's in certain areas that we can be really organized and again all of this wraps around diet health and all the other things that, that can either push it to one way or another uh, the next one, and this is one that uh, Tom Hartman mentions in, um, I believe it was the Edison gene, and I thought it was very important, and it's a fluid perception of time, which is not knowing how long a specific task will take. And again, this goes right back to being a hunter and to just going into that realm of, and also I would say hyper-focus, where we're just 
in that zone of whatever we're doing. And it could be, it could be focusing on a task or it could be we're really caught by watching TV or whatever it is. But we don't know how long things take. And this is a common weakness that all of us have. But there's also a strength to that, which is that we can often trick ourselves into thinking it won't take as long. And, but we would never start the task had we not, had we thought, oh, it's just, we would think, oh, it never, it's never going to happen. It's so much work. There's a little trick that our brain can play that will get us going on, on what would be a very useful direction. But, be, and, but because we think, oh, it's going to be easy, you know, we, we go and we go on the hunt. And maybe it's harder than we expect, but, then, but the point is we went. We started the journey. So fluid perception of time is a very important piece, and it's something we have to adapt to. Impulsiveness, again, this is the, the hyperactivity. It's often with ADHD. Impulsive, making reckless uh, decisions and then regretting them later. Uh, and this is also like blurting out in conversations, in, in interrupting people. Um, and just overall, this is sort of like risk-taking. It's, it's in that arena. And this is where I think a lot of uh, the statistics of how many people with ADD, ADHD who are inmates, who are prisoners, it's this impulsiveness that often gets us in trouble. And so that's definitely on the list. It's not everybody, though. But I, and I think it's a lot of times it's the, the H and ADHD that where impulsiveness is more of, of a challenge than other people. Uh, the other piece, another point is caught by stimuli. And I wrote it that way specifically because this relates to how our brain functions. So we have a tendency as hunter types to get caught by stimuli. And it could be, and this could potentially be an addictive behavior, which is um, we can get caught in over you know, addiction to the, using the internet too much, watching TV, playing video games, then it could go into sex addiction and all the other pieces. This caught by stimuli, something that stimulates us, draws us in, and it's hard for us to break free of it. This is an important point, and I don't think I've seen anyone talk about it in this way, and I felt that it will go more into why this is the case when we talk about how our brain works in um, one of the next uh, podcasts. Uh, and so caught by stimuli it occurs to the point where the results are detrimental to our health, relationships, and work. And this could be something we're just a project that we're hyper-focused on, but everything else in our life is falling apart. Um, this is a common thread, something I've struggled with, um, and it's something we have to uh, manage so that it, we use the benefits of that hyper-focus without it um, throwing us completely out of balance. Follow through and completion. This is another key piece. Often we, this is another off, very mentioned piece with ADD, ADHD, starting something and not completing it. It's in, in the anecdote is building a habit of completion. And I talk about that a lot in the book, I think, and it's something it's, we have to develop it as hunter types because we often, if it's not, if it's, especially if it's a longer term thing, it's challenging for us to keep, to get the juice up, to keep going on whatever it is. And especially if, you know, again, if you're working for yourself, like I work for myself, if you can't get this under control, it's like you don't eat. So it's something mm -hmm. you have to, to, it's a discipline and it's a muscle you need to build. And it's, but it's a common trait for follow through and completion. Very common as a challenge for ADD, ADHD. And, and another share point for our audience, our friends out there is, 
I absolutely suffer from this. If I had to like put a number one challenge up, it's definitely that. Um, mm. I feel like 10, 15, 20 years ago, this used to be this whole, um, you, you know, you'd be put on the proverbial couch um, and a psychologist would say, oh, well, you're afraid of success. That's your, or it's fear mm-hmm. of failure. Exactly. And I yeah. feel like for hunter type, it has nothing to do with fear of anything. It's that you're a hunter. You, yes. you mentioned this before, you, you gear up and your engine is revving and you go at that thing a hundred miles an hour faster than anybody ever could. But that's exactly the challenge is that you burn out. So you don't yeah. complete it. That's it. Exactly. And, and yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I think a lot of the early on when I was working on these challenges, I went to a couple of psychologists and there are some great ones out there. Mm-hmm. So I, I really want to be cautious about this, but I got the same kinds of things and it had nothing to do with it. They're really bad advice. And it's just from people that just can't empathize, don't understand, have not played through the cycle enough to know that, that there's there's other things at play. Exactly. Well, and, so, yeah, and, in, and I agree. Sorry, I apologize for interrupting. Sure. But you made a great point. I I, I, I don't come up, want to come off as um, sarcastic in any ways about the field. As you said, great psychologists out there. It's just we, if you run into the one that really doesn't know what's going on with you, it's like anything else in the medical world. If you don't yeah. run into the kind of um, doctor that, that's looking for the right thing. And I think that was my most frustrating thing in my college years was that when all of a sudden I went from a 4.0 high school student who had straight A's to literally mm-hmm. barely making a 2.5 and yes. literally jumping from major to major because I couldn't stick with one, the quote-unquote diagnosis was fear of success. And I remember the frustration level of, I'm not afraid. I want to be successful. I just don't know what's going on because I'm in this fog and I can't yeah. concentrate. So I, I think that's that that's a very interesting relation point. Big and yeah, so that's that's fantastic. And I think this is where I, I've really tried to reach out to psychologists that I know and offer a couple pieces on this because I still think even with um as even as ADD, ADHD has become more very known now in the culture. I still think there's pieces that are um, there's better ways to address some of these pieces. And again, I think as we're talking about this, um, seeing it as a whole versus one as as just a disorder, which it just it doesn't make sense to me. It does that that's not a broad enough expression of who we are. So follow through and completion, um, procrastination. Very obvious. That's a mm-hmm. common ADD, ADHD trait. Um, and again, even that is uh, using that term doesn't quite go deep enough into it. What it usually is is we're procrastinating things that are not stimulating tasks, and so it, there's a part in our brain that just can't get up the juice to make that happen. So again, going into the next podcast, we'll talk about how the brain works and why and how do you change things around so that you can accomplish these tasks that you tend to procrastinate because it's not everything. It's just certain things that we procrastinate. Uh, The next one, of course, is hyperactivity. And I did not, I intentionally did not put that at the top of the list. Uh, It's not everybody. Uh, and I think as you get older, even people that were uh, quote unquote ADHD when they're kids tend not to be as much when they're adults. It tends to calm down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, in terms of 
uh, adults getting easily bored, tendency to feel restless. That is a key piece. Uh, mind is always racing, continually craving for stimulation and excitement. Those are um, definitely, and, and those manifest differently for everybody. That it's, often we think of restlessness like I got to get up, I got to go. That's not always the case, but in this particular bullet, that's what I'm talking about. There's you can't can't sit still. Um, even if it's something you know you have to do for yourself, you're just like, oh, I just can't sit still. And I would say a lot of people who are have this when they become adults often self-medicate through marijuana and and alcohol in other ways. And so it, it very common. So if that's you, you are part of a big group of people that does the exact same thing. And it's not bad or good, but again, it's like, how do you manage it? How do you work with it? Um, there, there's pluses and minuses to self-medication. Obviously, there's self-medication that is very destructive and, and mostly, uh, I would say, leaning towards like, I know, Many people that are alcoholics that are in this realm, uh, but a lot of it is just it's a, it's an, a need to just calm down. It's like I, right. I just can't sleep, and then sleep issues become an issue, and so it's understandable that self medication becomes part of the coping mechanism. Sure. And then there's the self judgment, oftentimes for that, but ultimately it's just like you're doing what you need to do to figure this out. And again, uh, going into some of the later podcasts and into the book, I'll talk about other ways and healthier ways of managing the hyperactivity and the restlessness that may be more physically beneficial long-term. Absolutely. We've already mentioned that we are going to dedicate a whole, just like there's a whole chapter, we're going to dedicate a whole podcast to, again, your experience, your purview of, of addiction and how this plays into the hunter type. So we'll definitely be focusing on that. Okay, next on the list is I uh, just put emotional. It's emotional challenges. That's a really broad topic. And so specifically, it, uh, one big one's chronic low self-esteem for and often just for judging ourselves for not being like other people. Uh, easily stressed out, uh, overwhelm, huge underline quotes, overwhelm probably my biggest challenge, managing overwhelm. Um, mood swings, um, challenges with maintaining consistency, um, difficulty staying motivated, explosive temper, having a short fuse. Again, not everyone has all of those, but overall, I think if you're in, if you're a hunter type, most of those will be like, yeah, that's, that's me. Uh, relationships problems. Uh, so all this, all the things we've just mentioned as far as challenges that all that just then bubbles into relationship, relationship dramas, challenges with um, being able to show up in the way that your mate or, you know, again, relationships is like your family and everyone else, but having an, all the challenges that we've talked about so far, then manifesting as relationship challenges. Um, oftentimes it's temper uh, or it's, you know, extremely low self-esteem. The person you're with doesn't understand you, doesn't understand, you know, why you're this way. Why can't you, you know, do this X, Y, and Z? Why can't you, you know, take out the trash like you said you did? Again, it's all, most of the time from what I've, from, from my coaching clients, it's often the small stuff. It's often the, just the, the simple mundane tasks of not being able to show up. But often then it, it it can also be work-related um, challenges with keeping the job, challenges with um, 
just being able to show up in the world, those all manifest as relationship problems. And again, just want to stress, we will be covering a lot of these pieces as we go through the podcast. Uh, next one is addiction. Again, a whole the topic of a whole podcast. Don't need to talk about it too much. It says it all. Um, work life. Uh, so challenges with work, again, everything we just discussed, then manifesting as challenges with consistency, maintaining a job, hitting deadlines, organization, all that then bubbles over into work. Uh, the next one's financial. Obviously, again, credit problems, challenges, uh, paying bills on time, bouncing checks, overwhelmed with just handling financial matters. All extremely common challenges with people uh, like us, hunter types. Uh, same with school. I'd say work and school, it's just a different environment. Same basic challenges. Uh, distractibility, paying attention, uh, completing homework, overwhelm. Again, all the, all the same pieces. This is often school is where people find out that they have this challenge because a teacher or your own challenges with you know keeping your grades up, you're in the realm of like, okay, I got to figure this out. And that's often when medication comes into play. Uh, and again, we're going to talk about alternatives to that. And I'd say the last one is sensitivity. And it's definitely a, a big one. It's some, someone that's not often talked about too much. It, it's not talked about as much as some of the other ones. But uh, sensitivity to noise, hypersensitivity to environment, difficult working in noisy or distracting environments. And again, this goes right back to being a hunter and this patterning of going into the environment and detecting the smallest movement and uh, and just be having to be sensitive, having to tune in and, and really feel the environment around you. That becomes a challenge in certain situations. And again, we are in this modern world and part of our DNA is in this very primal place. And, but the other side of sensitivity is, you know, all any great artist is sensitive. You have to have uh, a high level of sensitivity to to be good at something that really moves another person. I mean, sensitivity is a key piece, and so th that's more of an emotional sensitivity. But I think that just having those soft nerve endings that often could be you can find irritability in like your neighbor making a noise or these are challenges that I, I hear with most of my clients like this. There's, there's some kind of sensitivity to noise or environment that is common for most hunter types. That and, resonates. Sorry, but that resonates huge with me. And I don't know if I, I'm sure with the lots of people listening to this, that one resonates huge with me. And until I got into this and, and had this discovery through through the drummer in the Great Mountain and in talking with you, Michael. I have to tell you, I literally thought at some point there's just something quote unquote wrong with me, which you hear all the time until people discover like what's going on with them, especially in living with someone else, living with a partner. And mm -hmm. it was a problem with girlfriends, but when I got married and now it's like you're really in it, you're really living with somebody, there were times I literally would lose my mind because of the way she was putting dishes. I can laugh about it now. I'm like, why are you putting the dishes in the dishwasher like that? And she literally was like, what are you talking about? And, and we laugh about this today too now that I know what's going on. And for some reason, 
it was the clang and it was actually I noticed when there was something else going on maybe the TV was on or maybe some music was playing and then on top of it was this clanging and it literally just drove me crazy and I could and and she's like I'm putting it in the way I always do but then I started finding out it's in certain situation where the cup runneth over the cup is already full and then this other noise that's it it would throw me over the top so there's a huge mm. sensitivity issue there Mm, mm. And yet you are, and I don't know if you mentioned mentioned it uh, on the last couple of podcasts, but you're an incredible violinist, an amazing musician. And so that sensitivity to noise Mm -hmm. and to music, it's that ear, that sensitive ear. Exactly, exactly. That's the other side of it. And so if you have these challenges, look at what's on the other side of that challenge because almost every single one, if you look look through this, if you've resonated with any of these pieces in the list – there's going to be a flip side to it. And it, the key is finding the flip side, finding what's the benefit and moving towards that instead of constantly going and judging yourself over and suffering from the challenge. It's like what's on the other side of it. And again, this is where, just to kind of wrap things up, this is where this is the journey. And this is where I I think the typical viewpoint of ADD, ADHD as a disorder falls way short and giving you giving people a broader view of themselves mm-hmm. and so I, again as you look through the list if you think of it through the strengths and the challenges the strengths are the direction you want to move in how do you take and minimize the challenges and again we'll talk about this in the next couple podcasts through diet exercise um, systems that you put in place how do you take these challenges minimize them and move towards the strengths and and wrap your life around and create a life that that really utilizes your strengths so that you can you can give the gifts that you have to the world thanks for tuning in this podcast is intended solely for the purpose of personal growth and not as a replacement for professional psychological support. The views and opinions of the hosts and guests of this show are not meant to be taken as medical advice. It is very important to seek the help of a qualified medical practitioner when making any shifts to psychiatric medication you may be taking, or if you are experiencing extreme psychological distress.